0: Hope you're just loving the podcast as much as I am. I just want to make sure that you don't forget to subscribe, to share, and to drop a review. So easy to do on your favorite podcast host. I love seeing those. If you're able to type a quick sentence or two, oh my gosh, these just tickle my heart. So don't forget, subscribe, share it out, and drop a review. appreciate you so much. All right. Today, we have a wonderful guest who is just uh, just such a sweet soul, knows so much about holistic things, especially holistic dentistry, which is really of interest to me. As many of you know, I have a lot of dentists in my family, but I love her approach most of all. And She's a best-selling author, written a couple of books. She's just really, really great with these things, as well as a rheumatologist Most people don't even know what that is, and I hope we'll get to that as well. But We have today Nadine Artemis on the show. Welcome, Nadine.
1: Hi, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Oh man, we are so excited to have you today. I would love it if you would give us a little bit of your background, how you got interested in the dentistry part in particular. You wrote the book, Holistic Dentistry, and I know you have a keen interest in that. Tell us how that unraveled.
1: Yeah. So I was, um, botanical formulating, um, which is a bit of another story, but by the time I'm like 18, 19, 20, I'm really understanding, you know, I'm like bringing importing raw materials and I'm really making uh different skincare. And I'm really starting to also understand, uh, you know, different approaches to the body, which I feel like interweaves with um, skincare and taking care of the body, but, you know, just really understanding like a whole new fresh world of how to take care of a lot of the, you know, the kind of micro stuff that kind of gets us down, nothing major, but like a stomachache, headache, Um, rashes, eczema, you know, all that stuff that people commonly have, not a medical emergency, but definitely can hamper our life. So I felt like I'd really, you know, was beginning to figure that out, had great skincare formulas and blah, blah, blah. But then I felt like there was a big gap with taking care of the mouth, you know, and I definitely, you know, as most people going to the dentist wasn't that fun and kind of confusing and awkward and definitely not a lot of like, information, knowledge, you know, I guess like not that we know what informed consent is when we're kids, but really like understanding like what's going on with the body and the teeth. And you know, it. it is, we weren't even kind of told about teeth. It's just like you go and then they're cleaned and then like you, you know, then you find, you know, you're probably not cleaning it well. You get the little jaw that comes out, you look how to flush your teeth again, and that's supposed to be it. And then good luck till we see it in six more months or a year. And you know that whole cycle, and uh, so I'm in my 20s. You know, and definitely avoiding a bit of the dentist. I'm a young entrepreneur. I'm not under the 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 care of the family dental plan anymore, and you know, avoiding the dentist. But you know, then inevitably going, and then also just trying to figure it out. It's like if I've got all these solutions for every other part of the body. So you know, I mean, this is a long time ago, um, but I found the holistic dentist, quote unquote, at the time. And they were okay. I mean, they're still handing out crust and doing root canals and stuff. But the hygienist (laughs) was great. And um, she was like, you know, I mean, we had gum things and, you know, because you got to stay on top of that. But then really it was like looking at the tooth and she saw the beginning of a cavity. And she's like, well, just go home and concoct stuff with your herbs and everything. And like, you know, come back in six months and we'll x-ray it again. And I was like, what, like, you have a chance, like, we're, alive. you know, like, I didn't just know that you even could stop a cavity or reverse it and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, with about a decade of research, uh, before I wrote my book, and uh, doing so many of my own experiments and really perfecting the home care of the tooth, like teeth, you know, so what are we doing? you know, okay, we're not going to be brushing with Crest and, and rinsing with Listerine, like what's the whole new program. So going into that and taking years to perfect <laughs> my eight steps, and then like work, like interviewing dentists, researching and just finding such a wealth of information. So that was really eye opening. Um, and one of the main things that really uh, spoke to me, like, well, I really love the work of Hal Huggins, Dr. Hal Huggins. And He's a dentist. Um, he passed away just a few years ago. But since 1963, he'd been, you know, advocating and warning people about mercury and dentistry. So he his knowledge is super deep. And also he was lecturing once and I think it was the son or a relative of Dr. Weston Price, who was the president okay. of the American Dental Association in the 1930s and has a really good book on, I think it's called nutrition and degeneration, if I've got that correct. But he was, you know, he traveled around the world in the 1930s with his wife, kind of like Indiana Jones style, and studied cultures and and peoples in all different countries and like how their oral care was, or like, you know, skulls that were like in Peru, or skulls that I guess they used to keep church skulls in the basement of churches in Europe for some reason. So he's able to study that yeah, or Peru even look as well. At, yeah, Yes. yeah. Or even look at like twins, where they would have different lifestyles and then seeing the difference in the, in the mouths and that kind of stuff. So he, this treasure trove of his research was actually passed along to Dr. Hal Huggins as well. Um, I forgot where I was, oh yeah, and so he had this book cause I was like anything he'd written and I found this rare you know used book called Why Raise Ugly Kids. <laughs> he did have a sense of humor, <laughs> um, but he had a very extensive dental chapter <laughs> And he talked about the day when all of his dental training just washed away, like, you know, like sandcastles on the beach. And he was speaking to Dr. Ralph Steinem. And luckily, even since I published my book, all of his research is now published. And it is available on Amazon in one of those sort of more expensive researchy books. But it's really great. And his work and research from thousands of studies is on the dentineal lymphatic system which I find so fascinating. I um, mean, you know, it was just a few years ago, we found out we had a glymphatic system in the brain and many dentists don't know about this dentineal lymphatic system. And I loved it because when I'm looking at a part of the body or, or thinking about, you know, how we're gonna, you know, how we're gonna care for this part of our body, the skin, whatever, hair, nails, the whole thing. I always kind of like try to, I like A to be totally low maintenance. Like, what's the least amount of effort I can do to take care of myself is is a good goal, I think. Um, and then I look, kind of step step out of the way and and think, well, you know, we weren't born with a toothbrush in our hand. So, what are the body systems that are designed to take care of this? And then, how in this modern time are we getting in the way or thwarting that system? So, I like to start there, and I found that this information was was like the key. So what's so key about that is, is because we do have an internal system that helps our teeth cleanse and prevent cavities. So what happens is when we chew those nutrients, which, you know, the chemical messengers of food activate the parotid glands by the jaw, and then they activate the hypothalamus as I feel like everything eventually activates something in the hypothalamus. And then that communicates a Mm -hmm. whole bunch of stuff to happen you know, and long story short, the nutrients are in the blood and that goes through the stomach. And then the teeth have roots like trees that draw up that blood, that nutritive blood into the pulp chamber. And the pulp chamber is like the core, the heart of the tooth. And that's also what gets, what gets removed in a root canal. That pulp chamber is removed and then cemented inside. Um, but anyway, so in the pulp chamber, a lot of activities there. And then that blood through a whole series of awesome biology gets fenestrated into a lymphatic liquid that the odontoblasts, which are like little kind of pumps in the bone, um, they pump out this lymphatic fluid onto the surface of the tooth. So it's this inward upward spiral of liquid that goes out onto the tooth. And it's like this microscopic sweat that then coalesces with the saliva to buffer and cleanse the information in the mouth. And the information, I mean, like the bacteria, the viruses, the food and all that. So when that system is stressed, and that could be through like the stress of poor nutrition, spiked blood sugar, not enough fat soluble vitamins, sunshine, vitamin D3, times of hormonal stress, like pregnancy or teen time, then that system can stagnate that system of bringing nutrients to the tooth. And that's not so great. But then if that continues, then the tooth and the system become like the system reverses and the tooth becomes like a straw. And then the tooth is drawing in bacteria viruses from the mouth into the tooth. And that's the genesis of a cavity. So I find that fascinating because through that we can understand the full connection of our teeth to our body.
0: Yeah, I love that. And there's not a lot of people talking about that special lymphatic system. And and I had actually looked that up prior to our interview. And I looked up, you know, the usual places I go, PubMed and these kinds of things, National Laboratory of Sciences. And there wasn't a lot there. There was some, but actually most of it was in the last couple of years, which is like, what the heck? I mean, the glymphatic the system, they, they finally described that in 2012 out of the University of Rochester. And for me, that was like, wow, that was awesome because I was always yeah. taught in medical school that we didn't really know why we were sleeping. We knew it was good for us, but we didn't really know the nuance of what was happening, which we now do thanks to Nattergaard and Jeffrey Illiff. Um, in 2012. But this whole dental lymphatic system, I I feel like is somewhat like that. It's kind of just coming of age. We're starting to recognize it. And the pulp is really that key area. That's sort of the, the living aspect of what's happening the tooth and when you do a root canal as you know we're kind of exterminating that part of the tooth right we're filling it up with a bunch of cement and whatnot and we'll get into the root canal later but but um what tell me a little bit more about the cavity process and and the acid base balance uh, that sort of thing i think many people have questions about how that actually works
1: yeah that's a great question um so the acidogenic theory of tooth decay came around in the 1940s and that's when. I believe it was the American Dental Association, you know, apparently there was a meeting in the forties and they were on the, on the verge of like, you know, how are they're trying to decide the official thing. And there was thoughts that there was a systemic connection, but they decided to go for the acidogenic theory, which is, you know, like acids, like soda pop, um, is that even a word anymore? But anyway, that kind of a drink and, um, like sugar sitting on the surface of the teeth. But that really isn't the story. I mean, of course, we do need our our saliva and mouths are supposed to be naturally alkaline. And sugar does affect the mouth, but not in that sense of like it on the the tooth. It's more about the blood sugar in the body and the spikes in the blood sugar that then create inflammation in the body systems. So the acidogenic theory is very topical in a way, you know, and it's the whole body. Now again, having a lot of sugar and soda pop is not ideal for the mouth at all because it also is affecting the body, the body systems, right?
0: Yeah, no, totally agree. There's that uh, we can't ignore that. It's one of the one of my pet peeves about any kind of so-called, you know, medical field that's very hyper-focused, whether it be, you know, the dentist that only care about the mouth or usually that's what they care about or the cardiologist who only cares about the heart or the pulmonologist, the lungs, or the nephrologist, the kidneys. They they don't like to think outside that one organ. And it's like silly to think that our body doesn't talk to its other parts. Like our body is constantly in communication. Like in today's language, there are Text message equivalents going out like crazy in the bloodstream. And they're getting to the tooth, like you mentioned, through the system and through the pulp and through the tiny, teeny, tiny blood vessels and capillaries that are there, and then that lymphatic system. I and mean, it's always in communication. So to think that these things don't talk to each other is just silly. It doesn't make any sense. And then what's cool is at least now I think most people appreciate that having issues in the mouth, dental caries or whatever the case may be, periodontitis, you know, inflammation in the mouth can be also um, noticed in other parts of the body can be uh, attributing possibly to heart disease and other kinds of inflammatory conditions, which you and I know very well, the basic root is the inflammation. That's what they all share in common. And so if you have inflammation in your mouth, guess what? You're probably going to have inflammation in other places. (laughs) And it's not just topically putting sugar on your teeth or eating candy that way. It's, it's all of those inflammatory processes that occur from eating those highly processed foods. So thank you for, for addressing that because I think uh, not enough is spoken of that, especially in my um, smaller view of the dental um, spectrum out there, because I would say the holistic dentists are sort of fewer and and harder to find than just the average, typical sort of Western trained dentist, if you will. So thank you for Sharing that systemic sort of approach, maybe maybe you can speak to a couple of the um, things that we can do, um, like on a daily basis, to augment our body's natural processes to be able to protect our teeth, to keep our teeth. Because you and I know that when Weston Price did his studies on those folks, like none of them had toothbrushes, none of yeah. them were flossing their teeth, and. <laughs> So it wasn't really related to the typical things that we think of of oral care, which is like brushing and flossing your teeth, right? Had much more to do with diet and things like that. But just explain maybe some of the daily steps that we can do to really take care of our teeth.
1: Mm-hmm. And first, you know, I think it's always good to know sort of like foundation diet stuff. Um, and, and, you know, whatever path you're eating, it's just good to know what you do need. And vitamin D3, K2 together is so essential, and of course, I'm going to, you know, would add time in the sun as well. It's a different type of, it's a, it's a water soluble vitamin D that we get instead of the fat soluble, but it's really needed for bones. And we want to remember that bone, like bone, teeth are bones. So a lot, you know, this is the same system and our bones are alive. We, I mean, we kind of maybe forget that as well, but they're in a, you know, as we know with aging, they can recede um, bone loss that can happen in the mouth. So it's really important that we're giving the body what it needs because no amount of brushing will take care of a bone loss might actually make it worse if you're brushing that hard. Um, so it's really important to get those key nutrients and then also understand some of the anti-nutrients. Um, so for example, somebody on a vegan diet could have some issues because they're not getting those fat soluble vitamins, um, the D3, the K2, because um, K2 is very much in like, you know, dairy products from grass fed. So that's the other thing, even if you're eating dairy or, or, or proteins, it's like if you're eating from factory farmed meats, then you are grown eating foods grown in the shadows of, you know, of uh, the factory farms themselves, like literally not being a part of the sun and um, only eating the grass so that the chickens, you know, and the cows uh, so the egg, eating grass, eating outside, being outside, then the eggs have the D the K2, then the milk has the K2, that kind of thing. So um, it's important to do that. Or somebody that's um, vegan might have like oatmeal for breakfast, lentils for lunch, rice for dinner. And then that's a whole bunch of phytic acid, which is, a, is an anti-nutrient and very, um, very negative for oral health. So it's actually kind of robbing, pulling nutrients from the body, the phytic acid. And so that can be really key to get those baseline nutrients. And then also, as we said, you know, not having big spikes in blood sugar levels. So if you're pre diabetic or diabetic, that could be a harbinger of, uh, you know, mouth imbalance. And then when we're thinking about sort of what to do topically on the day to day, I want to bring to mind also the microbiome. So the oral microbiome which again is new in our scientific understanding. I feel like it's really come in into the play in the past 20 years, really the past 10 years on a more common knowledge. Um, You know, if we think back in the 80s, we were thinking that the stomach was a sterile environment. So we have come a long way in our understanding and there's more to learn. But most um, modern uh, dental care, you know, whether it's from the dentist or you're walking down that drugstore aisle, is chock full of ingredients that mess with the mouse microbiome. So we're not even, you know, we could talk about the ingredients of like sodium lauryl sulfate that's practically in every toothpaste um, that causes bleeding and receding gums or... <laughs> you know, the synthetic alcohols and dyes and mouthwash, and there's all those issues with the ingredients and the other things that they can disturb in our body systems. But mainly all that stuff too messes with the microbiome. And what we now know, is that actually a mouth of bustling bacteria, keeps the dentist away. And that's very different from our sort of scorched earth <laughs> policy of like germ warfare theory of like, you know, no back like, you know, kill the bacteria in the mouth was our, our plan prior to all of this. And uh, we've got to care for that, for the uh, homeostasis of the mouse oasis. And that includes alkaline saliva, you know, not using the toxic mouthwashes that create over 36,000 cases of oral cancer a year. And we don't want to be using things that make the mouth uh, acidic or throw off that balance, which so many of the ingredients in toothpaste do. So um, I created these eight steps and a lot of the stuff is, you know, handy things you have around the house. I do make a beautiful dental care line with all kinds of beautiful things and, and potent dental serums and swishing serums, but That being said, I do I have created the list so that you can literally do every step with like sea salt or baking soda and things you find around the house. Because if you just swapped all your oral care products and just use baking soda for the rest of your life, you'd be a million times better off than using the stuff from the drugstore.
0: Do you like hackers? I certainly don't. I hate them. I just can't stand even the thought of being hacked at the airport or any other place where you use public Wi-Fi. And so I have joined ExpressVPN, and you should too. And if you use my code at expressvpn.com forward slash Dr. Thomas, that's D-R-T-H-O-M-A-S, you will get three months for free. So why stress about the hackers? Why stress about using airport Wi-Fi? I don't. I don't any longer. In fact, I use airport Wi-Fi all the time because I'm protected at ExpressVPN. So check it out, expressvpn.com forward slash Dr. Thomas for three months free. Yeah, isn't that interesting that uh, <laughs> having, having these things that we were always told and just – um nadine i turned off my camera in case mine is causing the delay here but the things that um we were told all through our formative years about toothpaste and mouthwash and i mean literally listerine is like dropping a grenade in your mouth as far as diminishing and and messing with the oral microbiota that is supposed to be there and you're exactly right about that that these things i mean we i think we invented i'm quote unquote for a good reason at least For what we had limited knowledge of at the time, the so-called germ theory, like you're saying, but but in actual fact, they did not, of course, take into consideration the microbiota, which now, thank goodness, is kind of a commonplace term that most of us have heard of, you know, not only in the gut, the microbiome that exists there in the gut, but also in the mouth and really on our skin. We have our whole separate microbiota on the skin that's different than the mouth, it's different than the gut. And all of these are so darn important with our health. And so when we sort of use those to our advantage, they're supposed to work with us symbiotically and synergistically to help us. They really can not only protect our teeth, which is sort of what Weston Price found, right? And those um, samples that he was finding, even some of them thousands of years old, right? He noticed that when people were eating real food, not a bunch of the grains and corns and things that were more sort of farmed and manufactured, that the people tended to have much better teeth. And so he noticed this as early as the 1930s, wrote the uh, initial book on it. And then he was sharing the message for quite a while. And so I, I just think he did such formative work in this area, but it just reminds us of the simplicity with it, which is exactly what you're explaining. My, my grandfather, for example, he knew this. He brushed yes. his teeth with baking soda. Like back in the day, he used yeah. baking soda for brushing his teeth and he used it for deodorant. He didn't use yes. the aluminum. He didn't use all yes. the other chemicals. Like he was onto something. <laughs> my same grandfather, he used, um, I believe it was Saccharomyces boulardii, which I think is the brewer's wow. yeast. And he used yeah. to take that every single day. Like he was way ahead of the curve and he lived till he was almost hundred years old and he had type one diabetes. And wow, so like, he, way to go, he, I don't know where he learned. I, I wish I would have had a chance. Yeah. To ask him where he learned all this stuff. But, but that is the cool thing about this is that these are mostly simple techniques that people can do even without a fancy dental line of products yeah. of which you have some amazing ones, which I, I think are awesome but people can do this at home simply. Why don't don't you talk about briefly just the technique of brushing? I've heard you speak to this and like pretend um, you're teaching one of my kids, like how should they brush their teeth? How often, like how should they really do this? I love how you explain it.
1: Oh, that's fun. Well, I think first, one of the great things to do with kids is also to just rinse the mouth. And so I've also, I've got recipes in, in my books, but you don't really need a recipe. You just take like a Mason jar of water and you can add um, about 16 ounces. You can add, you know, half an ounce of sea salt. Um, and you can just have that like brine in the bathroom with like a few shot glasses for the family. And, um, or you can even do one with baking soda And to that. You can even add like a drop of peppermint or something too. But anyway, that simple sea salt water is so great for alkalizing the mouth, rinsing and, and just setting the tone. So for kids, cause they're not going to get, they're not going to get every, I mean, even adults don't get everywhere. Right. So kids have a long, long, like about 10 years where they're getting more dexterous, um, and they got to brush their teeth the whole time. So the rinses really help. And then when you're brushing, so we just brush like back and forth, back and forth. And a lot of people are actually brushing too hard (laughs) and we got to take care of the gums. They're like the secret sauce to the mouth and they're holding the teeth in place. So a lot of sensitivity, just that classic, like, you know, too sensitive for cold water. You reach for the Sensodyne kind of thing, which is an issue because it actually kind of anesthetizes the mouth. And so, yeah, you're, you're fine, but you're not solving the problem. Right. So you can't just, you know, <laughs> so, um, people have found our tooth bases work really well. They're very baking soda based. So our frankincense one's really great for sensitive teeth and there's no anesthesizing chemicals in there. And literally they clear up the sensitive teeth. So when the gums are, are, you know, not, you know, they're not feeling so good, they're inflamed, they're maybe receding, that affects the tooth and then the teeth get sensitive from that. So really the key to teeth sensitivity is a lot of about the care of the gums. And so our brushing can be quite harsh and the back and forth, especially like, so if we take the top uh, line and then you're going up, right? So then you're pushing stuff under the gum and you're kind of sending it into receding. And then most people are applying too much pressure. So like your toothbrush six months down the road, The bristles should look like they did when you bought them, like not splayed or, you know, bending in any way that shows way too much. And everybody from baby, like a kid to a 200 pound fireman, everybody needs the soft heads on the toothbrush. So always get soft and then you're brushing, but in one direction. So we'll take a moment to kind of break that other habit, But so in the top, you're just going down and you can get quite quick. So it's down, 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 not up and down. And on the bottom teeth, it's gum to gum up. And then also while you're there, like get your brush, like right up, you know, like where you're in the top, it would be like where the cheek and the gum join. You want to do that area as well. And you can almost do that like a separate moment where you're brushing the gums obviously you're going to be hitting the teeth, but you're just focusing the first, you know, first little bit on the gums that's stimulating to the gums. And then if you're working with something like one of our dental serums, um, and I have recipes where you can make your own, which is working with, um, I call them botanical biotics, which are, you know, plant extracts and stuff. And that will also be very healing to put on the gums and help that tissue heal. Because while the gum is, um, like, it's very thin. It's like one epithelium, which just means super thin. Um, so it can, it can bleed a, and get uh, aggravated easily, but at the same time it can heal super fast. So we've had people be able to turn around their bleeding gums in like 24, 48 hours and not have that again. So that's important. And I just want to say, about the botanical serums, cause that's What really brought me into dental care is it's really cool now because now we have the modern science that's able to then kind of give us answers as to why a lot of botanicals we've been using for thousands of years. So before I even knew this stuff, you know, I'd made working with like tea tree, cardamom, clove, rose, frankincense, mastic, like those have been used for thousands of years in different cultures for oral care. And so now through lab work, we can understand a little bit more why they're so useful. And what was discovered is that things like clove and cinnamon and the oils I've mentioned, they are known as quorum sensing inhibitors, which uh, QSI for short. And what that means is uh, the phytoplankton. So what's called the bad bacteria. They're normally just sort of floating around like on their own in the body. And then when they're able to quorum sense, that means they're able to gain traction and gain in their numbers and start grouping up, kind of like they get to be like a little gang of bacteria. And then that can create biofilms and that kind of thing. And, you know, we know things now, like even antibiotics are used a lot in oral care, but they can't necessarily bust through those biofilms or the plaque. And so, you know, something like clove can literally... Uh, get rid of the pathogen, but work with the beneficial bacteria without destroying them. so they're literally like the perfect things we need for our mouths i mean and and in different you know even essential oils like rosemary are now used used in chicken feed in Europe, so they don't have to use uh, antibiotics so the these distilled essences of things like clove, cinnamon, rosemary, tea tree, they're able to really clean up the mouth while they're not disturbing the the beneficial bacteria, which is the key to success in the oral environment. And even something like hydrogen peroxide, which is very useful when used uh, in moderation with the mouth, because sometimes it can be too astringent. But hydrogen peroxide has that same intelligence of being able to you know, banish the pathogen but keep the beneficial bacteria in the mouth intact.
0: Do you ever get tired of planning, prepping and cooking your own healthy meals? Well, I know I do. And so you've got to check out Trifecta Nutrition. They ship pre-made high quality with great ingredient meals right to your door from paleo to keto to vegan and so much more. They have delicious meals for every diet. You got to go over there to trifectanutrition.com and check out the code Dr. Thomas, D-R-T-H-O-M-A-S for 40% off at checkout. So trifectanutrition.com and use the code D-R-T-H-O-M-A-S at checkout and get yourself 40% off. I hope you'll enjoy it as I do. Aloha. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's so critical because in the same way as you mentioned if you're on antibiotics for example that are often indiscriminate right they kill the bad guys but they yeah. also kill the good guys too and they really mess mess with the whole sort of big milieu or the big picture of things and when you use these natural ingredients they do have the anti quorum sensing capability like you said which is exactly how you described it it's kind of these guys getting together in bigger groups to really wreak the havoc that they do and it messes with that system of communication so they're sort of on their own and they can't really gang up and make the biofilm make You know these processes that are deleterious or harmful to both our teeth and our overall health. So I I love how you explain that so simply. Um, I would love it if we could talk just briefly. I know lots of people have questions about the. I I mean, I know it's a can. It's sort of Pandora's box, but the root canal. Too many people are getting root canals, and if you've already had one, you know um, what can you do? Or if you can't avoid one, I usually try to get people to avoid them if they can. But let's just speak for a moment about root canals. You're expert in this.
1: Yeah. So yeah, first, like also you may not always need one. I do have uh, in, in Renegade Beauty, there's a, a like, I have the holistic dental care book. And then in Renegade Beauty, my more recent book, there's a really juicy dental chapter. And I talk about like a couple journalists that went in and did, you know, got really understood what they need in their mouth. And then one went to 50 different dentists and it was like ranging wow. from $500 to 30,000 and like, you know, One, Then a lot of them missed the actual work that needed to be done. So that's a whole thing. But you've really, and then um, when the American Dental Association was asked to comment on the article, they said, dentistry is an art. (laughs) So I thought that was really interesting because we, we, we really think it's like, you know, the lab coats and the black and white of the x-rays. It feels very, I don't know, set in stone, so to speak. So just know that you may, you got to know if you really, really need one. Is that tooth a candidate for a root canal? Um, can other things be done uh, to help it? And only a really good dentist will know that. Um, So there's that. So if you've got one or you got one, yeah, if you've got one that you're supposed to be getting, then you want to find a dentist that will do something else. If it's in the molars, you're pretty good because you don't have to make other decisions. You can literally have that extracted and you do need to get it extracted generally. Oh yeah. And let's, Let me tell you about root canals first, just so we get what it is. Yeah. So, um, because I forgot, not everybody would know. So we talked about it earlier. That pulp chamber is just too decayed, basically, for the tooth to go on, and the tooth is now dead. So the concept's uh, really—it seems like a good concept, right? Well, let's just, you know, take out the living stuff, cement it, and then uh, then you at least have your own tooth aesthetically and as a chewing surface. So that kind of makes sense, except. They think like that's supposed to hermetically seal the tooth, but it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And what the testing shows is that like, it's a necrotic nest, a breeding ground of bacteria that gets put into the bloodstream sort of every time you chew. Cause again, the body is connected. So because it's been sealed off too, there's all the, it's like anaerobic, like no fresh oxygen or white blood cells can get there to help deal with it. Um, And so it's impossible. Well, they, I get dentists thought or think it sterilizes the tooth. It doesn't. And it's also because, and this always blows my mind because it's this, this tooth, but there's 300 meters of like microscopic tubes in one molar. It's microscopic. Um, and that's it's always just blows my mind. I always have to check that stat. Like, how do we fit that in there? Right. But as you can see, that's just impossible <laughs> to sterilize. Right. It's just like not happening. So one of my favorite dentists, Dr. Nunnally in Texas, he uh, did an independent study where they took textbook perfect root canals. And I write about this in Renegade Beauty. At least, So in an x-ray, they were showing up perfectly. No irritation for the person and they removed them and sent them to the lab, and all of the samples had severe bacteria. And um, just, just showing 100% of root canal teeth are harboring that. So if you have one, you may have a constitution that's fine and can kind of handle that. Maybe you have to think about it down the road, but you're okay right now. Um, so just know that. Um, however, if you do feel something has shifted in your health, or there's an autoimmune thing or something, then, you know, you would want to look into removing that, but to get the extract. So here's the other thing you do want that tooth extracted. If it's a back molar, you can literally just have the space. Um, you don't need to put anything in, but if it's in the front, then you've got to make a decision if you're going to have like a bridge, but then that does shape off a bit of the good teeth on either side or a post which would then hold a tooth. And then that post is like drilled into your jawbone. And typically for however many years we've been using titanium posts and titanium is a very toxic metal. So if you have to get a post, you wanna work with uh, zirconium, which has been used in Europe for quite a few decades. Anything you're bringing to the body is going to be a challenge to the immune system because it's a foreign object, but the zirconium has a very good track record, it seems to be the best, there are also stuff with ceramic, but I have to look in that more because sometimes ceramic can have metal in it so I got to check into that more, but there are other options do not get titanium. Um, so that's if it's in the front, but here's the thing too, you've got to go to a dentist again that knows what they're doing, because you have to also get the periodontal ligament removed. And that it's uh, taught, like they just leave it in. So this is sort of newer to dentistry, but the biological dentists know that that has to be removed. It was explained to me uh, by Dr. Hal Huggins that it was akin to leaving the placenta in during birth. So if you have a wisdom tooth extraction or an extraction for any reason, or yeah, just an extraction, they will leave that periodontal ligament in and that's just classically trained. And then the gum grows over it. And then what you could have down the road is a jaw cavitation, which is what it sounds like a cavity in the jaw. These do not show up on an x-ray until there's about 80% rot in that area. So again, um, you know, a lot of dentists may not even know about this. It may sound like foreign words to them, or they've never heard of it. But, you know, many of bi- it's, it's, it's very much a thing just not taught in dental school. So these are the issues. And again, if you're going to have your root canal extracted, you don't want to go to a regular dentist that will then just leave that periodontal ligament in. You're going to have to have the area really cleansed. You want to work with a dentist that has ozone to flush it out. And then PRP therapy, it is called a few different things, but it's basically plasma therapy, which is your own blood is removed at, at the dentist because it doesn't it's not too it's not too uh it doesn't have to be done by a doctor we can do but done by a nurse practitioner too and your plasma is removed then it goes through a centrifuge which separates out the blood like the red blood part from the plasma in the blood and you have this beautiful golden liquid of your own plasma with your own stem cells and then that would get injected to the area and create the healing but if you have like an older jaw cavitation or there is like jaw rot then you would have those things done but then the dentist also has to scrape the bone clear away the decay allow a blood clot to form which cleanses and stabilizes the area and and so that is the depth of dealing with root canals and jaw cavitations yeah
0: <laughs> wow yeah no that's 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 awesome because a lot of this people just don't know about and it's something that I think actually even the physiology is not that complicated because when I think about it, if you leave the periodontal ligament, you're still leaving a potential nidus of infection. So you're not removing everything. I get that it's the easier thing to remove, but you're actually leaving a potential source of what we would call a micro abscess or a small little pocket of infection. And, and when that's left to its own devices and over time, like naturally it's going to get bigger and it's going to start, you know, <laughs> growing and you'll know, get it, it. Unfortunately, like you said, it takes much longer before you can actually see it on an x-ray, for example, x-rays mm-hmm. are not super like sensitive years, to pick that up. Decades. They, yeah. yeah. And so just knowing about it, knowing is half the battle, like they say, right. But then if you actually can find a dentist who. Is familiar with these kinds of things, uh, biologic dentist like you said, or holistic dentist that's uh, accustomed to this not only teaching but approach how to remove the the periodontal ligament and that sort of thing. I mean, what a game changer that can be! And like you said, some people just have a great immune system, and although they may have some. You know, a root canal or two in their mouth, they don't have any issues. But that's not the case with everybody. And so they, if they're able to, like you said, I 100% agree. Especially if they're in the back teeth, like the molars, that you could extract and not really have any significant consequence as far as you don't have to do an implant, you don't have to do any kind of bridge or or any other prosthesis, if you will, that you could live with just fine. Those would be kind of like the no-brainers. Why not just have those taken care of? But the others in the front, of course, that presents a little bit more of a challenging approach, and you definitely want to find somebody who's well not only uh, versed in this, but but has the skills to be able to do these things and remove the periodontal ligament and that sort of thing. So, wow, that was a that was a mouthful, <laughs> pun intended. Uh, but yes. it was awesome.
1: <laughs> we also have <laughs> and, on our website uh, like um article. I mean, an article on like what to ask per, prospective dentists, dental practices, so you can find. And then some organizations to help you find the right dentist. And then also another article on like preparing to go to the dentist, like what you can do, you know, months to days in advance.
0: Yeah. uh, That's awesome. One thing I wanted to just quickly get your take on before we move, I'd like to talk a little bit about the skin because it's such an important organ, if you will. Uh, and it's connected to the gut, as we know. But could you just briefly uh, touch on the whole business about flossing? Do you recommend it? Do you not recommend it? If you do do it, what kind of floss would you recommend? That sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I do recommend it. It's funny how it, it's kind of controversial. I feel like everything <laughs> on the planet right now is two, like these, you know, two opposing sides. Uh, anyway, I'm, yeah, I'm totally into flossing. Here's the fun part, though: is adding like a dental serum to that because then you're really amplifying, you get to have those botanical biotics and those quorum sensing inhibitors. So you put it along the floss and then you floss, and then you're getting that right up in between the teeth and those little parts of the gum that you can never really access. It's getting those, that botanical love. So it's really good. And I actually recommend flossing twice, especially if you're first starting with the dental steps for the first few months. And people are like, why? Anyway, if you've lost twice, you'll know, because that second round, you're still getting more plaque out of your mouth and stuff.
0: So twice in a row, you mean, not like more yeah, than a a row. actually twice at the same time. Got it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I often do that too, because <laughs> I know this stuff still comes out. I, I didn't have any data to support it, but that's kind of my own
1: practice. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense, right? And then uh, Dr. Steven Sinatra, who's a heart doctor expert, he's written a f- quite a few books. Um, he, he, I don't totally know, remember the exact stat, but something like studies were showing that like flossing can add like seven years to your life because of that arterial plaque, it can contribute to and affecting the heart. So I thought that was really interesting.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that seems like a pretty easy way. I always floss because my dentist told me I only have to floss the teeth that I want to keep if I don't care about <laughs> keeping them, I don't need to floss. But I've always been motivated by just keeping my own teeth. <laughs> yes, yeah, me too. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, super important to decrease that potential. You know, we call it in medicine, we call it a nidus, N I D U S. That's kind of like a little area of infection that can be occurring that you can't really see, but mm-hmm. it's there and it's seeding the blood on it. A- on a daily basis. And so that's the whole purpose behind getting that crap out of there with flossing. And so with respect to flossing, I think you have to do exactly what Nadine has recommended with respect to the products we use. We have to pay attention to what products we're putting in there because not everything that's dental floss is created equal. Maybe just Yeah, you don't want the petroleum
1: waxed uh, (laughs) stuff. We have uh, uh, one that we have, like Dr. Tung's is, is a really good one that we carry, and it's really good for uh, sensitive, uh, not sensitive, but really tight teeth. And then we also make two, um, one we infuse with frankincense, and it's on silk, and then one we have infused with wintergreen and charcoal, and it's on a oh, string, so awesome. we have a lot of variety. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I love all of those ingredients and all of those things. And I can tell you personally, it's sometimes it's a challenge because if you do have very tight teeth and you can't get anything in there, then somebody would naturally look for some kind of petroleum base or the the Teflon base or all these products that'll kind of slide in there. But I I would say also (laughs) once you start, oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's anything if you dream it, it's there, but what, what I would recommend to people is if you start slow, the more you do floss, the more sort of easy it will be. And even if your teeth are tight, just give it some time. Don't just call it off because your first day was uncomfortable or annoying and it was difficult. It does get better. And I can speak to that because I used to be one who used those lubricated products and the the so-called glide and all these other waxed and things, because I felt like my teeth couldn't accept anything else, but Mm. guess what they do, (laughs) but it does take time sometimes. So be patient. Don't give up too early. (laughs) Because I think it'll make a big difference in the end. So I would love if if you have a moment to just chat a little bit about the skin. I know it's, you know, one of your passion and probably your original passion was with uh, respect to the skin and creating products for the skin. Maybe just speak to the skin and the microbiome and how it's connected to the gut and then why we should care about our skin and how to take care of it
1: hmm. Well, for sure, just like our mouths are filled with bacteria that are actually useful to us, really with our skin, we want to allow the bacteria to be the beautician. And uh, really, those blackheads and things or breakouts, you know, is connected to the gut microbiome, as well as the skin microbiome. And just as the modern uh, mouth products have been messing with the microbiome, so has, you know, every cleanser and acne product and all of that, too. <laughs> you know, or the exfoliating or the chemical peels, we're really just destroying that top layer of skin, um, the stratum corneum. And as gross as it sounds, we need the bacteria to eat the sebum to eat some of those dead skin cells, you know, and it really does sound gross, but that's all happening on a microscopic level. And so we we don't want to mask with the skin's microbiome. Um, you know, for example, like soap, you just use that for like pit spits, washing your hands. And then I think the 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 best simplest advice I can give for skincare is to wash and cleanse with oil. Um, of course not petroleum or anything like that. Um, we make beauty <laughs> and, and in the health world, not with almond oil or grape seed, grapeseed oil. Those are usually processed with oh, other oils. They're rancid, no. you know, they're bleached, deodorized by the time you're getting them, they are rancid except maybe they've added preservatives so that you don't notice that it's rancid. So all that kind of stuff. Um, We have our best skin evers, a whole range for men, women. And, um, you know, if you're not using that, I also have recipes to make your own or you just use a beautiful, true, you know, virgin organic olive oil or jojoba. Jojoba is is my favorite oil because it actually is like the closest to our sebum. It's a liquid wax from a desert plant. And it actually is so stable that if stored properly, it can be stable for a hundred years. So it's very different for a fatty oil to, to have that kind of tenacity. And so I love jojoba and you just cleanse with the water and the oil. And that's like from, that's how we've been cleansing our skins. And since ancient times and many different cultures had different ways where they would cleanse with oil with like, uh, they would even use instead of cloth, like horns or stregals or different instruments where they would oil the body and then take like a kind or the gua A lot of women are familiar with that. And then, you know, scraping is not really the right word, but you're scraping the skin. It's just very gentle. And then that's cleansing. And you can do that with a cloth and oil for the face and then just another squirt for the moisture. And that's like, you know, how I've been cleansing my skin for the past 30 years and uh, it's going well.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. The way I would, the way I would describe (laughs) that whole process that you said at the beginning of basically when, you know, we might, because we were taught right to use all these skin cleansers and all these kind of products cuz of course we're disrupting the good bacteria that are there we're messing mm-hmm. with the normal inhabitants that are there to help us the process that's happening where you have your own native bacteria breaking down the old dead skin cells. Yeah. The way I look at it is sort of like the autophagy of the skin. It's the nice. self-cleaning, yeah. it's the self-repairing. It's just yeah. it's just the way nature would have it and if we let it to nature is smart, we are smart. Our bodies are really intelligent and I think sometimes we as humans kind of try yeah, to outsmart Yes, nature. And we get in the way, you know, we develop all these products that sort of sound like they make sense. They're quote unquote cleansing, but they're actually disturbing. They're messing with the good stuff that's there. And oh my gosh, like it's, I would just call it the natural process of the skin. That is the skin autophagy, right? We all know about autophagy that occurs when we're fasting. Well, this is a skin version of autophagy. The real, you know, um, normal cells, the bacterial cells that live there are just cleansing our old dead skin cells. They're helping to get it out of the way. We don't need to scrub it harshly. We don't need to use these strong chemicals. Like This is a natural thing and we need to let, let it do its thing because it knows how to do that. So yeah. thank you for sharing that and how easy it can be. I mean, I've heard you talk about this before. You can literally just get a terry cloth and wipe it on your body. You don't need any of these super abrasive things that are sold, you know, you don't need a, one of those, what is it? The pumice thing that people use. Like oh, I used yeah, to use yeah. that as a kid to clean my toilet with, like, that's where <laughs> yeah. I knew about that stuff is I would scrub the toilet and people use that to scrub their skin, but it's so dang abrasive. Like, Holy yeah. moly, you don't need, <laughs> you don't
1: need If anybody's feeling a bit like, Oh, they have acne or, or, and it feel shy because the oil, but again, this is not petroleum oil. This is like Re, you know using real oil but it clears up that's the thing I mean people with like cystic acne for a decade are like get you know feeling their skin change like 48 hours one week two weeks and then there's like a whole new world and a month or two later and it's like actually getting to the root of the issue because yeah we're like so many irritants are really a part of of modern skincare.
0: Oh my gosh. You make it so easy. So simple. I love that about you. And it, it can be, it can be that simple. And thank you for just being the light that you are and sharing this. I'd love to just give you the last couple of moments to share anything else that you'd love our viewers and listeners to hear, and then how people can reach out to you, how they can get your books, your products, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. I think, well, sometimes, I mean, all this information can be new and maybe feel daunting, but, you know, just like one step at a time and, uh, knowing that it, it will, maybe it feels like complicated at first, but things do get simpler and really feel free to email us at sage at living any any questions health dental beauty and we'll try you know and send you like on the right path or give the information um, and we also do consults as well totally free it's just part of, of what we do because we really believe in the education because we're also we're approaching beauty in a different way too and kind of undoing things so it does take a little more education but it's like May feel restrictive or you can't do that or that, but once you kind of move through that door, there's just like a whole new banquet uh, and a beautiful way to, to be with the body, take care of the body, feel confident in the skin you're in. Um, and then we're at livinglibations.com. Instagram is uh, mine's Nadine Artemis, <laughs> Artemis official, and Living Libations. And then my books are on the website, you know, Amazon and all those places as well. They're also on Audible.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. LivingLibations.com. That's actually a wonderful story. I've heard how you came up with that name and it's beautiful and wonderful. We'll have to get you back to talk more about that and about more of the skincare stuff. But what a pleasure it's been to have you here with us today, uh, Nadine. It's just been a real gift. Thank you so much. And I'll be sure to put all your um, contacts in the show notes. And I hope people will follow you, that they will get your products, that they will support you because you're doing great work out there. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. It was really lovely meeting you today. Disclaimer: Nothing in this video is medical advice. This video is for educational and entertainment purposes only.